Thank you for joining us today. Today is going to be a beautiful episode. Delving deep into the subconscious mind. I am your host, Absolute Chaos. As always, bringing you light at the beginning of the episode of Balanced Chaos. And I am always joined by my wonderful co-host who will be indulging us today in a harmonic, beautiful, subconscious, deep look in to his own mind. Would you like to introduce yourself, my beautiful one? Yes, thank you so much, Chaos. It is I, your other host, Novian Matter. And thank you guys for joining us on this episode, episode 11, in fact, of Universal Talks with Harmony and Chaos. And yes, today I'm going to tell you guys about a dream I had, much like Chaos's Dream Journal episode. Now I'm going to share a dream with you guys. And this is a dream that's been with me since I was a child. And I know it may sound weird and unrealistic but this dream reoccurs throughout my life and I don't know why furthermore it reoccurs every four to five years the way I've kept track of this is the first time I remember having it was probably in third grade and then I didn't have it again until I was in seventh grade I kept track of that because of significant times in my life. In third grade, I was two two years after I had gotten surgery on my hands because I had webbed fingers. And third grade was the last year I did at a certain elementary school before I was transferred to another. And seventh grade, same. It was the last year I did at a certain middle school before I was transferred to another. The next time I had it was in my 11th grade. 11th grade, for me, I only did one week of 11th grade before I uh, dropped out of school, so. Kind of reoccurring interesting patterns there, and and when I had it again, it was in 2015. 2015, I don't remember if anything ended for me, but I do know it's when my wife and I, Chaos, got legally married, and... I don't know. There's always significant things happening around the time when I have that dream. And I'm not sure what it means, but I definitely believe it's probably something from the inner subconscious of my mind. Hell, it could even be the universe speaking to me. I don't know exactly what it is. I just know that whatever symbolic meaning a dream means in my life whatever it means that it always occurs in times when there is some kind of change i don't know you know but i do know it's probably not a coincidence i just haven't learned to interpret it yet so thank you so much chaos before we get into the dream i just want to say For all those of you coming into 2021, feeling lost, depressed, stuck, not knowing what to do, 
looking into yourself and going, oh my God, I'm already this age at this stage in my life and I'm stuck. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do with my future. I have no plans. It's okay. Just breathe, calm down, let the harmony flow through you, get that feeling of relaxation, take, take some breaths in through your nose and let them out through your mouth. You're fine, you're doing fine. Whatever is meant to come to you will come to you in good time. And just remember, do good things and good things come back to you. With that being said, I'm going to go ahead and tell you folks the dream now. So, it starts with my eight-year-old self waking up in the dream, in the living room I grew up in. I'm in first-person point of view. I'm blinking my eyes, taking in the scenery of my living room. I glance at the lime green walls that I remember growing up with. There's pictures of my siblings and I on the walls. I realized that I woke up on my old three-seater green fabric couch. It was placed against the wall that had windows looking out into my front yard. Directly to my left was a brown end table that had a blue lamp on top. And on the other side of the table was the matching green fabric love seat. It was decorated so that the couches and the table kind of like formed an L shape. And in front of me, there was a long brown coffee table, very short. And maybe like seven feet, eight feet in front of that was basically this vintage TV that I grew up watching all my childhood shows and movies on. And I say vintage because it was literally a huge wooden box with a screen in it. And on the side of the screen, it had like buttons that were numbered like 1 through 24. And it had knobs to adjust the quality of the TV and the volume. So, cool TV. After taking in the room, I suddenly was filled with like anxiety, fear, and worry. I was scared of something or like someone. And I felt like they were going to find me. No idea who or what. So my young instincts kicked in and I ran under the table with the lamp to hide. (laughs) Once I was under the table, I closed my eyes shut very tightly and I started trying to cover my ears. I'm not quite sure why because everything was quiet. One of the first thoughts in my head was, where's my mom? So I decided to peek out from under the table. And I stole a glance towards the kitchen, which was like the next room over. And I had a direct view to my old brown uh, refrigerator that had like one of those doors that opens on the side. And I realized I didn't hear anyone else in the house with me. I didn't hear my sister. I didn't hear my mom, my father, a dog, a cat, nothing. My fear grew at this realization. I retreated my body back under the table. I covered my ears and my eyes again. I started counting backwards from 12. Now I'm not sure why 12, but I believe in the significance and importance of like symbolism in dreams and everyday life, especially with numbers. So 12, I don't know. I was never able to figure out the significance of that number, for me at least. 
once I reached zero, I opened my eyes. And the first thing I felt was immediate confusion and even more freaking fear consuming me. The scenery changed. I was no longer in my living room. I was in a dimly lit hallway that had white concrete walls. There was no windows or doors. What lit the hall were these like light bulbs that were hanging every like so feet from the ceiling. And I realized that I could not see an end to the hallway I was in, in either direction. So I walked forward a few steps cautiously and then like out of nowhere, there was just suddenly another hallway to my right. I didn't really know where I was going. So I just started to like follow the new hall. I turned right there. I couldn't see any doors or windows or a true end to this hallway either. And at this point, I really wanted my mom. And I really wanted to go back home. This hall was even more dimly lit than the other. And after walking for what felt like maybe half an hour, I stopped and I arrived in front of a double door entrance. I also realized that the once white concrete walls were now like gray silver. And they were very faded. The paint looked old and it was peeling off. There was two shiny silver doorknobs on the door. So I friggin' tried them and I opened the doors. I was met with a dark room. The only light source was coming from a hole in the ceiling. The light from the hole was shining down like a friggin' holy light on a literal ball pit in the center of this room. It was huge and square, and it was enclosed in a mesh netting, probably so that, like, kids wouldn't fall out and hurt themselves. And on one side of the ball pit, there was stairs, so that you could get in. There were so many, like, multicolored balls, exactly like the kinds of ball pits you would see. For example, if you grew up in the valley, Peter Piper Pizza, or, like, I don't know if Chuck E. Cheese had one, I never went. It was a ball pit. However... I did not approach the ball pit. I was even more scared now than before. My eight-year-old mind thought that there was a monster or like a killer clown hiding inside this ball pit. So I did what any logical eight-year-old may have done. I turned around and I ran back in the hallway the way I came. And I saw the like T-section that was coming up. And instead of going the way that I like first started, I turned right again. I realized that the walls that were once white were now also fading into the gray that I saw near the ball pit hallway. I slowed down to a walk. My anxiety was through the roof at this point, and I was watching the walls because I don't I was afraid something was gonna come out of them or something. I don't know. Suddenly to my right the wall like opened up. Like how when you're at the mall and sometimes there's randomly a like restaurant that's in the corner of the hallway slash wall and the restaurant has no like walls around it. It's just an open dining room in like the mall area. And sometimes I have it in the corners. Except like there was no restaurant at this opening. It was literally the same ball pit, but it was embedded into the wall.
Like if it was a part of the building hallway. And I got this sudden realization. I'm not sure why. That I was underground. And I really wanted my mommy. And I really wanted to go back home. As I'm about to burst into tears, I heard a familiar song coming from the ball pit. Familiar? Because I'd heard it before from one of my childhood movies. And for me, this is where the dream is kind of odd and a little cringe. But keep in mind, I am eight years old, so I'm dreaming with the knowledge of what I've seen, heard, and experienced at that age. So the song that was being sang was the song that was sang at the end of the Jungle Book Disney cartoon when Mowgli finds that girl from the village, the one she's singing. Random, I know. I slowly started walking towards the ball pit and like almost as if she freaking manifested from thin air, the actual cartoon girl from the movie appeared. And at this point, I was seriously like, what the flippin' heck is going on? She's singing, and she's gathering, like, the balls into this weird, like, bucket that she has. And she hears me approaching, and she stops singing. Her eyes were now focused on me with this creepy, crazy look of panic. She runs down the stairs and grabs my arm and starts dragging me towards the ball pit, saying that we need to leave before I get found here. I had no idea what she was talking about. I didn't want to find out what she was talking about. And I did not want to go towards the scary ball pit. Although I didn't want to go, I didn't really make an attempt to stop her. And thinking about it now that I'm older, I now realize that I have a huge bad habit of being a pushover. So I guess this part of the dream wasn't very hard for me to interpret. That this was something within myself I needed to work on. And yes, even as an eight-year-old, I was a pushover. Examples of pushover is like... I guess I would do things that I didn't really want to do, like friends at school, for example. Let's say they're like, I don't feel like going outside for recess, and I just want to stay inside and eat because it's really hot. And they're like, come on, come on, come on. They keep going and pressuring so that I can like just get it to stop and satisfy the needs of my friend, even though I don't want to. Like I let them push me into doing it. I guess I was also a people pleaser. I don't like to call myself a people pleaser because I don't like to please everyone. I can be picky about people pleasing, I guess. But being a pushover, I have this fault. Anyway, we reached the top of the steps, which was also where the entrance was to the ball pit in the mesh. And she sat down stretched her legs like straight in front of her and then she opened them and she told me to sit in between them nothing sexual just me sitting facing forward between her legs i finally grew the courage and asked where are we and she completely ignored it of course and she began to repeat weird chanting that i could not 
understand. Suddenly, like, everything started rumbling, like an earthquake. And I stared into the ball pit in front of me, like, in shock. Because it began to, like, turn into a whirlpool slash, like, a black hole. I looked back at this cartoon girl who was still, like, chanting. And I looked around, and I realized that the entire hallways where I was just at, they're all black now. I can only see the pit in front of me. Everything else was too dark. And it was like swirling into oblivion, so I was terrified. She abruptly just stopped chanting, which scared me. And she places her hands on my shoulders, which made me jump. And she starts screaming now that we get to go home forever. And as if we're on a slide, we push off the steps into the black hole. And my last thoughts before being swallowed by it are, what the heck is going on? Why am I doing this? And why hasn't my mom magically appeared to save me? And why did I go along with this? But way more panicked in my dream head. Then... In the midst of all the chaos, there was suddenly silence. My eyes were closed, and I felt like a damp dirt, sand under the palms of my hands. I realized I was on my hands and my knees, and I opened my eyes. The distant sound of like crashing waves invaded my ears. I looked up saw that I was on some unfamiliar beach. There was nothing around. I looked behind me, there was no buildings, there was no signs of life. It just looked like this rural, alone beach. And the girl was nowhere to be found. I suddenly see something towards the shore getting covered by the waves every now and then. Like, totally cliche movie scene there, right? So I got up, and I started walking towards it. The outline of this object, as I got closer, was now starting to take the shape of a body. The sun was behind me, and I couldn't tell if, I, if it was either dawn or dusk, but it was at that stage of light, I guess in the day where the sky is orange with a few clouds, it looks like the sky's on fire, it looked beautiful. But there was still no signs of civilization, just me approaching this body now. And the thought crossed my mind, was it Jungle Book Girl? And this may sound random, but as I finally stood over the body, well, I took in the scene. Literally laying before me, dead at my feet, was a slaughtered Super Mario. And I mean, his throat was cut, his face was bloody, bruised, battered, he had defensive wounds on his hands. And although he resembled his animated self, uh, there was blood.
pooled all around him, emptying from his neck. And, by the way, yes, me, myself, and the settings around me, the sceneries, were all, like, real life, live action, not cartoon. But Jungle Book Girl and Super Mario were cartoon. Think of, like, a Who Framed Roger Rabbit kind of looking thing. Random cartoons in the real world. <laughs> That's what it looked like. Thinking back on this scene now that I'm older, I see where it was totally traumatizing for eight-year-old me to see, like, this beloved character that I love playing on my freaking, like, N64 and stuff. Just totally freaking dead. Possibly murdered. But now it, like, makes me laugh. Because I'm just kind of like, holy crap, what kind of fucking eight-year-old dreams about that shit? <laughs> uh, but, yeah. My eight-year-old me, that dream me, was not coping well at all. I fainted. And although it was a dream, everything felt very vivid. So, I actually felt this dizziness fade in. I felt my body grow cold, and I saw my vision and my vision blackening. And I saw my vision blackening. When I woke up, I found myself under the table in my living room again. I kind of stayed frozen in confusion for like a few seconds before I heard my mother calling to me to come eat dinner. I literally just hauled ass from out under that table ran into my mom's arms, and then I woke up for real. I woke up confused, not knowing what to think of this graphic nightmare that I had just gone through. And I went on with life. I mean, I was eight years old. I woke up, said, what the heck? And then I believe it was summer vacation when I had that dream, and I, I went to the living room, and I just started watching movies, playing didn't think anything of it. That was until 7th grade, 2007. Four years later, had the same dream and I woke up that morning. I felt, you know, I said, well, isn't that dream familiar? And then I remembered. I'd had it before. And even then, I knew it was odd because I'd never before had the same dream more than once in my entire life. Honest, honest, honest. Being honest. Cross my heart. So it was a odd experience and it stuck out to me. Unfortunately, I didn't know what to make of it then either. So I also went on with life. Now that like I'm in my late 20s and I've had this dream like four or five times already throughout my life. Since it's reoccurring. I've tried to interpret it more. I'm very into that. I love dream interpretation, spirituality. I believe in like symbolism and things, deeper meanings. Like, yeah, I, I, I love it all. I read about it all the time. I talk about it with you, Chaos, and now you folks listening in on this podcast, if you haven't already gotten bored. And one thing I immediately started to theorize was, okay... Well, what was causing this dream slash possibly nightmare? What was, what was going on in my life? And there was some significant things going on in my life. 
the first time I had the dream in 2003, it was the last year that I was going to have at this, my first elementary. And then I was being transferred because of like zoning rules or something, which is where you live. They made a new elementary and I was going to transfer to that new school. And I was scared because I was like, am I going to lose friends? I don't know anyone. I had anxiety and I was nervous. And I wonder if maybe the stress of this big change for me at the time happening was the cause of it. I was also going through personal things in my life where um, my parents were separating and my father wasn't going to be in my life so much anymore. And I guess at this point, eight-year-old me wasn't sure how to like handle that either. So that was a significant event there. And in 2007... Oddly again, it was my last year at my first middle school and I was transferring again due to zoning <laughs> to another middle school and I was also nervous and scared and I didn't want to leave. I had made friends. I had a life at my first middle school. I didn't want to go to this new school, but you know, I'm glad I did in the end because I wouldn't be who I am today without the experiences I had in that eighth grade year at that new school. But yeah, and it seems like each time I had the dream, there was just things going on. In 2011, I was struggling in school a lot. I was uh, trying to move on to the next grade while also being a rebellious teen and skipping class and doing all kinds of drugs and partying and basically having that experience that I probably should have been having in my late 20s, to be honest. 2015, I think that was the fourth time that I officially had that dream. The significant event there was, well, Chaos and I had just gotten legally married. We were trying to navigate through life, you know, trying to live paycheck to paycheck, just trying to get by, and gay marriage was legalized by Obama uh, the previous year, I think, or no, that year, and, um, well, we did it. It was before I was transitioning or had even uh, considered transitioning from female to male, and, yeah, it was a good, a good event in life. I love our wedding. 2019 last year, I was in between jobs. I was stressed to hell. I was trying to figure out what I was going to do with myself because I didn't really like the person who I turned out to be. I was thinking to myself, what is something I can do to be a better person? Because I had very and still do i'm not perfect add very toxic and narcissistic qualities in myself that i really wanted to grow out of because i was hurting people close to me throughout my life i didn't want to be like that anymore so in my personal opinion this dream was actually like a welcome plague 
that was reminding me throughout my life, and it's still reminding me, that my journey isn't over, and to never stop working on myself, I guess. I'm in a way thankful for that because it's a reminder and it comes usually at times when I need the reminder the most. Hey, remember, you still got these things to work on about yourself. You don't want to be a bad person. You don't want to be this person. You don't want to be toxic. You don't want to be narcissistic. You want to be better. And I'm like, oh, yeah. And as I grew older, you know, of course, eight-year-old me, 12-year-old me, freaking like 16 year old me, I didn't take these dreams serious. The third time I had the dream, I was seriously like, okay, there's a meaning to this dream. In 2011, I went to the library in my school and I literally <laughs> started reading books about dream interpretation and numbers and all, all this stuff. I was getting so into it. Every time the dream happened, I took it more serious. I started trying to interpret it more. I started trying to figure out, okay, there's a reason I'm having this dream every four years, literally to the T, the same. Not a single thing or aspect of the dream changed. It stayed the way my eight-year-old self had it. It's for a reason, I believe. I believe it is to help me grow and change these qualities in myself. Just the way I was able to interpret, in my personal opinion, how my dream was basically calling me out on being a pushover. No matter where these qualities in myself stemmed from, whether it was trauma in my childhood or trauma throughout life, because I want you folks to know, because I have actually read before, like on Reddit and stuff, people saying that they don't believe trauma can happen past a certain age in life. I think that's complete and utter bullshit. There are several accounts of trauma and traumatic things happening to people. I mean, come on. We have army veterans coming back with PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder, because of what they're witnessing over in the war. So if you're one of those people that believes that trauma can't happen, I urge you to go do some research. Read about post-traumatic stress disorder. Read about other victims who are suffering from PTSD. And no, they don't just have to be army veterans. These are Me Too survivors. These are survivors of horrible, horrible events, whether they be victims who survived shootings, mass shootings at a club or a school or something. Everyone is different and everyone copes and handles things differently. What traumatizes one person may not traumatize another. What triggers me may not trigger someone else, even if we have the same trauma. Everyone is unique in that way. And it's because of that, I think everyone's feelings, trauma, and triggers should be respected. I myself admit, I have problems with being considerate of other people's triggers. It's one of those qualities that I'm trying to work on. I don't want to be this selfish jerk who only thinks of themselves. I want to be someone who has empathy. 
I think for me, the first step in realizing that and beginning the change was acknowledging my toxic behaviors. I have actually gotten to apologize to some people that I have wronged throughout my life. And it feels good. You know, not just for myself, but because I honestly owed those people a huge apology and probably more because of the behaviors that I exhibited earlier in life. You know, middle school me, high school me, and up until like a year or two ago, and still now me, was extremely toxic. And I'm trying not to be. So in 2023, if and when that dream hits me again, I'm going to get to look at it with even newer eyes because every time I get the dream, I don't know where I'm going to be in life. But each time I have it, I look at it with a different mindset, learning, interpreting, taking it all in. So I can't wait for 2023 when I have it again, hopefully, so that I can keep interpreting, so that I can keep learning. I can keep absorbing what it's trying to tell me. And if it's related to my personal growth, then I hope it can guide me. First of all, I want to applaud you and I want to snap at you because it took real courage, it took real strength to come on here and talk about certain behaviors that are toxic or hurtful towards others because we all have that ability and capability to do that for people and people don't ever really acknowledge it and I remember when I was acknowledging my truths of the pain I was causing it was hard and now you became aware of the pain and that you d decided for yourself you want to do better which is completely okay and I'm just like amazed and I'm like I'm just woke up for the listeners so I'm just like oh my gosh like power to you <laughs> it's it's amazing I'm just thrilled I cannot sound like it right now but I am thrilled ecstatic happy to hear this from you so now going into the dream I think it's really interesting that the dream started when you were eight years old. I think it's really interesting that it started at specific ages, every single moment in life that was different. I can't help but have my own opinion and sight because we both believe in symbolism. We both believe in numerology. We both have picked apart everything that resonates with us as people and as you and me and just in general like people do that when they read excerpts or books or looking for advice or something so getting into my interpretation of it the number eight resonates because it reminds me of the symbol of infinity and I think it's interesting that even though you were a child you 
started having this dream at such a at this specific age i think it's very interesting that you were counting down from 12. i also think it's very interesting the colors that were portrayed before you left whether it was that you astral projected or lucid dreamed and envisioned your living room and that's what where your safe space was or just what you recognized you didn't want to psych yourself out or that you just you were having a dream of sorts in the dream world so you closed your eyes and i thought that that was very interesting also because you didn't see how you got from one place to the other whatever place you, anybody wants to put a label for that i think it's really interesting that after you opened up your eyes you did see some of the journey or some of the journey required you to get up and keep going to through a hallway that seemed endless with the white walls and then the silver door and again colors are very specific to me so white would be depending on the type of white you saw generally is referred to the magical element of chaos and green for me means growth but a dull green depending like dull lime green means like jealousy people portray it as jealousy all the time i see it as the opposite of growth blue for most people means sadness and for me it means healing so i'm like tuning into the colors and the numbers in this dream as you're telling your point of view from this dream from what you can remember i'm considering how it happened when a giant change happened in your personal life at home your parents splitting up and real change is going to happen on your day-to-day -day basis and then again in school the both times and then yeah again how you say when we got married that was another change and last year or actually it's 2021 now two years ago well not really two years ago a year and change ago a year and few months different things were going on i think it's interesting that you say that it's a reminder to stay centered or to be aware of your own actions of your own emotions of the way that you might be i can't help but wonder and this is just a crazy conspiracy theory side note if while you were dreaming saying that you were lucid or astral projecting or dreaming if you jumped through different realities or if you were envisioning different like realms i can't help but wonder that but i don't know because of the exact way how you were walking through the halls a lot was different than your living room i also think it's really unique that of all things your brain or your dream whatever growth was trying to surface up upon you 
was trying to get you to go into this ball pit. You were afraid. And that, that makes sense to me. The whole atmosphere makes sense. And if you were talking about the general coloring of each and every individual like ball from the ball pits, it was, from what I remember at least, yellow, blue, red, and green. And green is growth, in my opinion. Red is warning. Blue is healing. And yellow is new beginning. That's what I interpret. And I think that the reason you, as eight-year-old you, was trying to, like, bring up, like, the Jungle Book, this character, I wonder, I can't help but wonder, if you, in the dream or in dream world, were trying to comfort yourself, your essence, and say, hey, it's going to be okay, you need to jump in, into this black hole, it's made of harmony slash matter, it's not going to kill you. It's going to be okay. Just take the plunge. And when you resisted, I mean, anyone would resist. You get scared. You don't know. But this is how I'm interpreting, like, now as an adult. And you go through the black hole. You see Mario dead. And I can't help but wonder, is that... Your eight-year-old mind telling you, like, you just shed it off something. Because he wears red, which is warning. And he wears blue overalls, which is healing. So I'm just like, okay. Or sadness, maybe. The unbalanced version to blue. While you were in the passage, per se, of this black hole. And you reach the beach of, I guess, serenity, let's just say. Did he not make it or did he get shed it down, like die because through the passage you regenerated some form of balance or change or so, of some kind. And Mario can depict for some reason in your eight-year-old mind and then continuing on through like the old... Not so much the old, because I don't think there's anything wrong with Mario. But in this case, in this scenario, with this dream. The bad, the old, maybe. I don't know. That's just my synopsis, really, really. I know we've talked about it before, this dream. But we've never gone deep into this. Like, let's just say, like, eight-year-old you had Super Mario inside of you. The only thing I can gather is like, if this was like the bad or the ugly, whatever, or the unbalanced, I just can't help but wonder, is that why when you went through the black hole, you didn't die, but the character died? That's what I'm like kind of <laughs> gathering. It's just interesting because it's like how... To get yourself to understand, and at eight years old, maybe what happened in this dream, you had to put in characters that you were familiar with. I wonder if you were just trying to tell yourself in a way that would make sense. But the sad part or the ironic part is like, you never totally got it or was was thrown off instead. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, 
but our subconscious works in such different ways that you can't really apply this reality or this consciousness logic or theorizing into what your sleeping subconscious is trying to say it's not going to come through the right way and I'm just listening and I'm just astounded because I didn't see any of this before and after a lot of deliberation with you on different things on separate topics now I'm like wow okay now this is starting to fit together that's just my synopsis and I know that we could probably go into more detail but I'd have to do a lot more like thinking on it per se I think you have just such a valid point about how it's reminding you to accomplish balance before death or if you don't like to call it death passing on or ascension it really depends on what you believe in so yeah that's what I think at least that's what I've gathered so far I'm still kind of thinking about it kind of lost in a little bit thought not gonna lie but I guess we could try to talk more in detail of the interpretation in another episode or something (laughs) I don't know this has been chapter 2 the ending of a personal growth for Novian my co-host and I was thrilled to be a part of it and I hope you join us next week and I truly believe we can all heal here or have just a little bit of serenity thank you for listening on my part before I let Novian take it away this was your host Absolute Chaos and thank you for listening in on our beautiful piece of Novian Harmony Novian as always go ahead and share with the audience how we Say goodbye for now. I love you, humans. Wow, what an amazing interpretation and description from your point of view of my dream. It's always nice to see different perspectives on it because I always get stuck on it. Thank you, Chaos. And thank you, folks, who listened and joined if you stayed with us this far. And thank you for joining us for episode 11 of Universal Talks with Harmony and Chaos. If you have any questions or if you want to share your own dream or just talk about anything else in general with us, please message us on facebook.com slash U-T-W-H-A-C or Utwack or message us on Instagram. You can find chaos at instagram.com slash absolute chaos. And you can find me at instagram.com slash novianmatter. You can find the links in the description below. And if you're enjoying the show and you want to help us grow, please consider donating to us so that we can help get 
better equipment for recording and maybe start working on merchandise that we would love to give out to those of you who want it. Links below in the show notes. Thank you so much for joining us. I hope you folks have an amazing rest of your week and I hope you join us for episode 12. This is Novian Matter signing out. <laughs>